Welcome to another episode of the Virtual Coffee Break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. My name is Martin Manguel, Dairy Educator with MSU Extension. Today we have an interesting episode, especially for those that would like to improve on those visits to the bank. Farm Management Educator John Laporte will interview Ben Spitzley. Spitzley is an experienced lender working for Greenstone Farm Credit Services. Their discussion today will shed more light and prepare producers for meeting their lender because the central theme for today's episode is what are lenders looking for? So John, I send it over to you. When we start to think about uh, the topic for today, one of the things that really stuck out to me was that we have had a lot of changes for Michigan agriculture and really the nation the last several years we've seen some declines in some of our commodity areas for the the market prices they're receiving. Uh, you work in the dairy area and dairy has been especially hit pretty hard the last couple of years. And then we, we're also dealing with this uh, global pandemic of the coronavirus and COVID-19. You know, what kind of changes or have there been any changes to really what lenders are looking for from producers, either from the standpoint of the, the lower profitability or even since we've uh, kind of been working through this national pandemic. Thanks, John. Yeah, there's been a lot of changes in the industry and coronavirus, that's that's just really the most recent one, right? This, this industry has gotten volatile and we don't see that, that volatility getting less. You know, we go back over the last five years, It's it's been a kind of just a slog to maneuver through the dairy industry. You can look at things like trade wars, European quotas, and a lot of global issues that have challenged commodity markets. And then here regionally in Michigan, we've we've been challenged to deal with a surplus of milk. Now, demand remains strong. Consumption patterns are changing and evolving, and, and we have some pretty exciting things on the horizon with this uh, huge commitment in St. John's, Michigan, that's going to take a lot of milk. The, the Glambia plant is going to take a lot of milk and position us well for the future, help with our local basis. So getting through all of that, this last that five-year slog that I talk about, it's challenged folks' profitability, as you said. It's, it's challenged balance sheets. And we've been we've been navigating through that, right? We continue to work with viable plans and, and shared solutions. And there's quite a bit of variability on how this impacts each individual operation. The question around what what has changed from meeting with the lender or expectations of the lenders, nothing's really changed from our from an underwriting standpoint, right? We we still pretty much our, our core underwriting standards that have guided us in this industry for a number of years, as long as I've been here, 18 years, that really hasn't changed at all. We might ask more questions though. You know, we're, we're putting a higher emphasis on quality financials. Um, that has been one of, the, one of the biggest keys, I would say. Biggest changes is quality of the financial reporting and having it timely so that we can make decisions. When you talk about a higher emphasis on the quality, uh, what type of things are, are you really looking for from producers? Is it more of an emphasis in terms of 
having more so the right numbers or is it more just having a little bit more information and understanding other business? What, what are you really looking for when you talk about a higher emphasis on quality? It's kind of two parts. Historical information needs to be better and then putting more time into budgeting, projections, forecasts, whatever term you want to use there. But we need the accurate current information that shows you how you've been performing and then put together this forward view. So the things an accrual financial statement is key, right? Have accurate inventories, detailed accounts payable. I really like review quality financial statements that are that are gap. If you're not to that level yet and you have a market balance sheet, just, just have the supporting information behind each line item in the detail that goes into that because we are looking at an accrual statement, you know, and just that's kind of the key around some of the key items that, that we're looking for in financial reporting. And then projections, that, that really helps tell the story of where we're going. You know, support that, support the assumptions that you build into that with some historical performance and, and then just, you know, what, what prices, what values, the number of units, what are the detailed assumptions going into that? How important is it in terms of knowing this information when, when you've got a producer that walks in your door and, and they're here to talk to you about getting a loan, how important is it to you that, that they're really the ones leading that conversation, really telling you kind of the, the story of the farm to them as you're working through that lending process? Very important. They need to be more passionate about their business than, than I am. I get real excited about working and, and supporting these businesses, right? It, we're very passionate about taking care of, of our customers, right? We're a cooperative. We, we're, we're part of the team. We, we want to be part of the team, but we're not the captain. You're the owner, you're the manager. Tell us the story and get us comfortable. So that knowing your numbers and laying out the direction is very important. Well, and I always think about that too, that we do a lot of work through, uh, in the farm management department of MSU Extension, uh, working with producers to try to get better numbers and better information and telling that story and being able to have them really articulate what's going on on their farm from a business standpoint. We've always said it's been really important, something we try to work with them on. One of the things you mentioned was having good inventory numbers and, and some of the really talking about financial statements. Um, when you talk about financial statements, we hear the stories about the shoe boxes or the scratch pieces of paper that you maybe see uh, walking in a, a loan officer's office. But uh, you know, what are you really looking for when you think about a financial statement? What what to use kind of a really good financial statement? Good question. The days of the scratch paper and shoe boxes; those are those are behind. You can't tell a very good story with that. That's just not the organization that's that you need to navigate through these global markets. Commodity markets are volatile and you need to be nimble. And part of that is reviewing your financial statements and, and knowing your financial positions. It does depend a little bit on scale and scope of what you're asking for. We can, we can figure things out pretty good with a good detailed balance sheet. If the balance sheet, whether you have some type of uh, Excel format or QuickBooks, you know, but it needs to have the detail behind it. So the format, uh, a balance sheet is a balance sheet for the most part, as long as it's accurate and has the supporting detail, that's great. And then 
a tax return so that that income and expense information ties out with that balance sheet. There's cases where we require audited financial statements that a third party, that's more of the extreme exception. Now, as we kind of think back to what we were talking about at the beginning, uh, really in terms of we've, we've seen this change in profitability and you mentioned that volatility is probably going to be around for a while. Is there any kind of more emphasis or greater emphasis on risk management or risk management practices or tools that, that you folks look at? Absolutely. That I would say is something that we have put a higher emphasis on. So if you talk about what has changed as lending, and I can say, well, nothing really from an underwriting standpoint, I, w- I would say we're going to have a greater emphasis on risk management. The peaks and the valleys are getting more extreme and more frequent. How do you manage through that? You either need a pretty big balance sheet and have a lot of equity so that you can afford to manage through that. Self-insured is a good term for that. If not, if you don't have that type of equity, we are going to ask a lot of questions around risk management. This new DRP tool, the Dairy Revenue Protection Insurance, it's been a game changer, I think, in risk management. It is a really valuable tool to the industry and it's it's getting traction. It's only been available since October of 2018, so not even two years yet, and tremendous amount of the of milk is being insured through uh, dairy revenue protection. So, yeah, and, and with that risk management, and, and you mentioned being uh, self-insured or, or using tools like the dairy revenue protection. You know, one of the other things that comes to mind is uh, along that same thought: how much more important is it for the farm producers to really understand where the financial health of their farm is when they go to look at using those tools? I think you answer that almost in that question. You have to know your financial position because how much should you insure? If you don't really have any debt and you're really low cost, maybe you don't need much insurance. That'll be your own preference. But your capital partners will feel a lot better if you have some reasonable certainty to your cash flow. Well, and that kind of relates back to what we were talking about before in terms of having those improved financial statements and uh, the good balance sheet, uh, a good cash flow, because then, then you've got some really strong numbers. And if the farmer understands uh, what kind of what the story of their farm is, uh, their situation, that maybe helps them really to think through how to utilize those tools and maybe understand more of what the value is in those policies. And I think they've typically seen before. I I think there's often some misconception about what the value is in some of those policies. Would would you agree with that? There's misconception around like what they're getting for their insurance policy. Yeah. What what is the value? If I pay this premium, what am I getting for? Yeah. And I think, so there's tools out there. Greenstone has a great tool that we've worked to to build that helps in that analysis. Uh, so I would encourage anyone to check out those type of resources. You know, plug in your numbers and and look to see what are the prices that make sense that are going to take the risk off the table. There's a lot of different strategies you can utilize with uh, those programs. I, I, but honestly, it, it is price insurance um, and. I, I tell a lot of guys, hey, put a policy in place and hope you pay the premium. That's a good, that would be a good thing, right? Pay the premium. If you're not paying your premiums, all you're doing is collecting indemnities from this insurance. 
that's not a good indicator of what the industry is doing. And ultimately your profitability is going to be challenged. We want to see milk prices higher. That would mean you paid your premium and, you know, but the premiums are fairly reasonable. They've been up a little bit of recent because again of the extreme volatility, but as the market settles out a little bit, you know, I think it's pretty reasonable to see a 15, 20 cent premium again for a market policy. I think that also kind of goes along with, uh, what you mentioned before about the uh, increased emphasis on on folks doing budgeting. And it's probably really important from a risk management standpoint of really understanding what's the right policy, as you mentioned, or what's the right tool. Maybe uh, elaborate a little bit more on what, what else do, when you think about budgeting, uh, and you're that emphasis on added budgeting, what are you really looking for from producers? What are some examples of why that's uh, maybe a greater emphasis now than maybe it was in the past? I'll give you a couple of examples. So if, if you're coming in to talk to a loan officer and, and you're having, your cash flow has been challenged and saying, hey, I, I'd like some help paying my bills. Well, we have different tools we can utilize and we've utilized them all in the last few years. You know, we've provided new working capital loans. We've, we've utilized things like interest only payments or deferred principal, whatever term you want to use there. We've done some of that things. We've we've shifted debt down the balance sheet or rebalanced debt. So to do that, we kind of want to see what what is the hole, right? So, all right, I have this this issue. Well, is it an issue from the past? Is it an issue going forward? We like to get it up front and addressed early. That's going to be better than waiting until you're just out of money and the vendors are after you. I think we can work together to often come up with a solution well in advance. Now, when, and especially if you're talking about new ventures too, because uh, I know you folks work with uh, beginning farmers or uh, you know folks that are, if not they're beginning farmers, or at least starting new ventures on the farm, maybe adding a new enterprise. Um, yep. How important is that, is that budgeting to, to that process too? Just as important as uh, the other path I want to go down is, all right, Tell us the working capital burn. We'll match up funding or cash flow relief for that. Or, okay, I'm going to go make this new investment. I'm going to buy a farm. I'm going to build a barn. I want to add cows. I want to remodel some things. I want to implore some new capital into my business. Well, if you're going to spend X, what's the return going to be? Do some ROI analysis, some return on investment analysis. Or, or partial budgeting, you know, this part of my industry or of my business, the heifer raising or the feed raising, you know, what side of it is more profitable and what are you going to get out of spending this money? And you also mentioned, especially for beginning farmers or new ventures, there's also for the, that was established farms, the importance of looking back at history. And I think that budgeting helps that when you look at, for example, I know it's part of your process that you, you collect the IRS tax returns and you look at those Schedule F documents pretty closely and, and that kind of helps you to get an idea of what that history is. That budgeting really kind of helps a producer if they're doing the budget, they do, can do the, basically the same thing that you folks are looking at. You know, How does what we're projecting or budgeting differ from the past? And, and I think that's another really big benefit of budgeting too, is, is kind of making sure it's in line. And, and wouldn't you agree that that kind of helps producers to think a little bit forward thinking too? 
Yeah, absolutely. You can sensitize that, right? What happens if things go perfectly as I've planned? Or what happens if milk prices run up a little bit or milk prices fall? You know, what type of margin of error do I have? And then you can lay out some plan B as well. As, as we've found out really recently, there are black swan events that you can, that can throw a perfect plan off course. You know, preparing and, and having some plan Bs in your back pocket is, is prudent. And I think it kind of helps as producers prepare to do those things and walk through those things. Understanding they're really walking through, in a lot of the uh, cases, what you folks as, as lenders are walking through in your decision-making process of, do we want to actually make a loan or make this investment in the farm? They're more or less kind of walking that same path and um, kind of going through a lot of the same thought process that you folks do too. Of course, you can't always want your business, sourcing capital for your business to be a demand pull versus a supply push, right? You want an investor, equity partner, lender, you want them to want to invest in you versus you trying to push your capital needs on someone. With good information, stay in a situation where you get the best terms, the best prices, the fastest turnaround versus I got to mull over another one, right? (laughs) Right. Well, and and that's really important too when you think about, it used to be uh, decades ago that a lot of lending was done based on equity. And you see a lot of these farms that uh, we've got some pretty uh, nice sized farms, some successful farms out there that have quite a bit of equity but equity is not the, the only factor these days. And, and cash flow is, is really a little bit uh, kind of taken a more of a center stage in some cases. But it, it's really cash flow is, is right in there with equity as being part of that major decision factor when you're looking at especially capital investments, wouldn't you say? Equity gives you altitude, all right? And then downtimes, you know, again like we've experienced it's it gives you that altitude and then how much is the cash flow is a measure how much is going in or coming out of the out of that business so depending on what your cash flow is doing you're going to get to the same spot it's just how much time it takes you to get there up or down right so the better the cash flow margins that's that's really what we want to focus on Equity will is very important. There's no way of getting around. Equity is important. That's your staying power. The cash flow is just kind of the speed of of the direction it's going in. So we we definitely model our lending decisions around what the cash flow is going to do. Yeah, that certainly helps to as you're as you're looking at things. Uh, cash flow gives you that uh, that immediate uh, can can you pay the bill type viewpoint, and then that equity is that nice long-term outlook of, uh, you know, especially if you've got working capital uh, and we, as we've seen that in situations here the last couple of years, those farms with good equity and good working capital have had that staying power. uh, And then it's more of the concern of that immediate, can you pay the bill and and how far along to get to those points of where those maybe margins will kind of resettle a little bit. 
Well said. And, and again, we, we work with all kinds of situations, right? If you can have a lot of equity and poor cash flow, and we're going to be pretty cautious with that. You can have a little equity and and strong cash flow. And again, we're, we're going to sensitize the volatility of that cash flow because plan B, the plan B, the equity that's going to keep you through the tough times is we know that's pretty tight already. So that's again where risk management comes into play and is important. There's a lot of different models out there and sensitizing your cash flow and having a good understanding of that is paramount. Ben, I want to thank you today for, for joining us on the program here and for talking through what the lender is looking for and uh, helping us to uh, help inform producers about really what they can do to kind of uh, help improve their lending experience when they go to work with you folks. My pleasure and, and thanks for what you and, and the rest of the MSU Extension team is committed to helping serve and educate the industry. Thank you. Once again, thanks to John Laporte and Ben Speedsley for the discussion today. Join us next week when dairy educator Marianne Buza will interview Dr. Lisa Holden, Associate Professor of Dairy Sciences in Penn State University. They will discuss how can farms improve their work with farm advisors. So we ask that you please join us then. Thank you.